We have two scripture passages tonight. An Old Testament scripture passage is Psalm 145. Psalm 145, verses 13 through 21. Psalm 145, amongst many other psalms, gives us um, the disposition or the attitude of prayer. Looking at verses 13 through 21 of Psalm 145. Pew Bible, page 979. Before we read God's word, will you pray with me that he would bless the reading and preaching. Heavenly Father, we pray that as we open up your inspired word, that you would inspire us by the Holy Spirit, which you have poured out upon us, given to us, caused to indwell within us, that we would see in your word what you would have us to see, that we would be transformed by your word as we not only study it, but as it is written on our hearts. And we pray, Lord, as we read your word, as we learn from it, that we would come to know the grace you have for us in Jesus Christ, our Lord, that we would come to know what a privilege prayer is. It's in Christ's name. Amen. Psalm 145, verse 13 through 21. Hear now the reading of God's holy word. The psalmist said, Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and your dominion endures through all generations. The Lord is faithful to all his promises and loving toward all he has made. The Lord upholds all those who fall and lifts up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food at the proper time. You open your hand and satisfy the desires of every living thing. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and loving toward all he has made. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak in praise of the Lord. Let every creature praise his holy name forever and ever. That is Psalm 145, verse 13 through 21. And we also have a New Testament scripture passage, Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 through 7. Pew Bible, page 1830. Paul, speaking of the church in Philippi, says this. Rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all, the Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That is the reading of God's word. May he bless it to the hands, hearts, and minds of his people. We're also going to be looking at Lord's Day 45 in the Heidelberg Catechism. It can be found in the back to your green salt of hymnals on page 57. Lord's Day 45. And we can uh, say the answers together with one voice.
Why do Christians need to pray? Because prayer is the most important part of the thankfulness God requires of us. And also because God gives His grace and Holy Spirit only to those who pray continually and groan inwardly, asking God for these gifts and thanking Him for them. How does God want us to pray so that He will listen to us? First, we must pray from the heart to no other than the one true God, who has revealed himself in his word, asking for everything he has commanded us to ask for. Second, we must acknowledge our need and misery, hiding nothing, and humble ourselves in his majestic presence. Third, we must rest on this unshakable foundation. Even though we do not deserve it, God will surely listen to our prayer because of Christ our Lord. That is what he has promised in his word. What did God command us to pray for? Everything we need, spiritually and physically, as embraced in the prayer Christ our Lord himself taught us. What is this prayer? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. That's the teaching of the Catechism. Uh, one of my uh, favorite books on prayer is a classic written by a Lutheran named O. Halsby. And the book is called Prayer. In that book, he gives a number of analogies for what prayer is. Prayer, I think, is often... One of those things about the Christian life that we all assume that everyone has heard of, everyone understands, everyone does. And it's something that is so common that we don't often think too deeply about it. But he gives an analogy for prayer that I'd like to share with you this morning. Um, in this analogy, he uses the illness of tuberculosis. But since tuberculosis is not often a, uh, uh, something that we are familiar with or have common experience with, I'm going to change tuberculosis to COVID-19 for our use. Let us think of patients who are ill with COVID-19. The physicians put them out in the sunlight and fresh air both in summer and in winter. There they lie until a cure is gradually affected by the rays of the sun. The recovery of these patients is not dependent upon their thinking and the sense of understanding the effect of the sun's rays or how these rays work. Neither does their recovery depend upon the feelings they experience during the rest cure. Nor does it depend upon their wills in the sense of exerting themselves to will to become well, 
On the contrary, the treatment is most successful if the patients lie very quietly and are passive, exerting neither their intellects nor their wills. It is the sun which affects the cure. All the patients need to do is to be in the sun. And he says, prayer is just as simple. We are all saturated with the pernicious virus of sin. Every one of us is a tubercular or COVID-19 patient doomed to die. But the sun of righteousness with healing in its wings has arisen. All that is required of us if we desire to be healed both for time and for eternity is to let the sun of righteousness reach us and then to abide in the sunlight of his righteousness. To pray is nothing more involved than to lie in the sunshine of his grace, to expose our distress of body and soul to these healing rays which can in a wonderful way counteract and render ineffective the bacteria of sin. To be a man or woman of prayer is to take this sun cure, to give Jesus, with his wonder-working power, access to our distress night and day. To be a Christian is, in truth, to have gained a place in the sun. Sometimes we make prayer more complicated than it is. And one of the most beautiful things about prayer that is mentioned for us in Lord's Day 45 that I think if we really took to heart, if we really, really looked at, is actually going to be our theme for tonight. We are comforted. And remember, this is the, the belief, the confession. We are comforted by knowing. We are comforted by knowing that God hears our prayers. Because of Christ Jesus, our Savior. What is our only comfort in life and in death? Well, part of that comfort is found in prayer. That prayer is a privilege of the Christian. That we have been given access to the throne room of God and the grace of God. By the work of Jesus Christ. We have three points tonight. The first is the need for prayer. And the second is the requirement. For prayer. And then the last point is the content. Of prayer. The need for prayer, the requirement for prayer, the requirement of prayer, actually, and the content of prayer. So let's start with this first point the need for prayer. Uh, question 116 says, Why do Christians need to pray? So the question is asked, Why? Because prayer is the most important part 
of our gratitude, our thankfulness. Remember, we're in the third section of the Catechism, Guilt, Grace, Gratitude. This section of the Catechism focuses upon the Christian who understands their position of being in Christ, of being one who has received, a recipient of the grace of God. And therefore, what then is the way we should live? How should we live in response to the grace we've received in Jesus Christ? The first part of this section is about the coming to life of the new man, the pursuit of godliness and holiness. And by doing that, we looked at the Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandments from the perspective of gratitude, the Christian who is thankful. And now we're moving to the last and final section of the catechism, and it is part of the gratitude section, and that is prayer. Prayer is the most important part. of our gratitude. Prayer is the most important part of the thankfulness God requires of it. And this is important too because it goes on to mention and also because God gives His grace and Holy Spirit only to those who pray continually and groan inwardly asking God for these gifts and thanking Him for them. So if we want to look at the rest of what came before this in terms of the Ten Commandments and our pursuit of them uh, as Christians, the Catechism is telling us that God only gives His grace and Holy Spirit to those who continually pray and groan inwardly, asking for these gifts, thanking Him for them. Our pursuit of godliness and holiness has to be including prayer. Uh, prayer, asking God to help us. We're dependent upon you, God. We are not doing this in our own strength. We are basking in the sun of righteousness. We are opening ourselves up to God in our helplessness. The need for prayer is what Paul talks about in Philippians chapter 4. The church of Philippi was experiencing some frustrations. They were experiencing some difficulties. They were experiencing some hardship being a, a very Roman city. They were being accused of having, uh, being, uh, they were being accused of being unpatriotic because they were God, they were worshipers of, of Jesus. They were worshipers of God. Because part of the patriotism of the Roman society was emperor worship, was worship of these gods, worship of these local gods, these, these pagan gods. And they said, no, we won't do that. We, we're going to worship uh, the, the true triune God. And because of that, they were experiencing uh, some, some alienation, some alien, uh, alienation from uh, the people that they were living with in their um, community. They were also experiencing some tensions and some infighting in their church. So Paul comes to them and he tells them, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is near. And he says in verse 6 and 7, uh, something that ties together 
the, uh, the importance of thankfulness with prayer. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, why do Christians need to pray? The Catechism says, one, because it's an expression of thankfulness. Uh, but two, it's the way that God uh, grants us what we need. And that is the two-part component of prayer that Paul says in this passage. Do not be anxious about anything. You are anxious. You're worried. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So the anxiousness that we experience in this life, a lot of the anxiousness that we experience in this life is because we're trying to take things into our own hands. We're trying to regain control. We're trying to be God when we're not God. And, and Paul says, when you do this, when you offer your prayer and your petitions with thanksgiving, you present your request to God, what God gives you in exchange is what you need because of your anxiousness. The peace of God will be given to you. The one that transcends all understanding and will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, since we're in the section on gratitude and since we're talking about the need for prayer, I think I want to clarify something that can be misleading. Because Christians need to pray, we can often hear that as, well, then if I don't pray, um, then God won't give me what I need. I'm missing out on something because I don't pray. And so I have to work up the will to pray. I have to work up the, uh, the motivation to pray. I have to do that in my own power. If I only can, can uh, pull my bootstraps up and, and get myself up early enough in the morning to pray, then God will give me his grace. God will be there for me. And that could be understood from what Catechism says, because God gives His grace and Holy Spirit only to those who pray continually and groan inwardly, asking God for these gifts. Now, what I find interesting about um, the Catechism's use of groan inwardly is this. It connects us to the passage in Romans which says, in verse, uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. What do I mean by that? I mean that God does only give His grace and His Holy Spirit to those who pray continually and groan inwardly, but also God is the one who is working in us by His grace and Holy Spirit that we may desire to pray. It's all of Him. 
And what is asked of us is not that we somehow work up the desire to pray, somehow work up the motivation to pray, but that we surrender to the grace of God at work in us. That even when we are led to pray, we see it as the evidence of the grace of God at work in us. So the need for prayer is one that focuses upon a need to express, to overflow with the thankfulness and adoration that we have for God for what he's done for us in Christ Jesus. But what is the requirement of prayer? And we'll get into more of the the specifics here. The requirement of prayer. How does God want us to pray so that he will listen to us? I struggle with this question because I think so much of um, so much of the, the difficulty that we as Christians have in prayer it's because we feel like there's a right way and a wrong way to pray. And I'm not saying that there isn't that. But we, um, how do I put this? We compare ourselves to others. We hear the pastor up there on Sunday morning praying. He's so eloquent. He's so well-spoken. He's, the way he phrases things, I can never pray like that. We remember people from our past who would pray to God and they'd say, Thou Almighty God, Thine is... And that's the only way they would talk like that, but they would use that, you know, that archaic King James-type language when they would pray and and we're like, well, you know, that's, that shows reverence to God and, and honor to God. And, and we, then we begin to feel like that there's, there's a way in which we can pray where, where God will be more happy with our prayers. And then there's a way we can pray that, that, you know, we feel like we're letting God down. We go into our prayer closets. We go into our prayer time. And, and, and you know, and we're tired. And, and it's hard for us to even think about um, what to pray about, to remember what to pray about. And we feel like we leave that time that we disappointed God. And that's why I wanted to open up this, this sermon with that illustration from O. Halsby because his emphasis on prayer is one of grace, that all prayer is, is opening ourselves up to the grace of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. All prayer is is an expression of our helplessness. And that a simple prayer 
A simple prayer from the heart. Lord, forgive me, I'm a sinner. That can be more acceptable and more glorifying to God than the most eloquent prayer given by a preacher on a Sunday morning who finds himself to be quite eloquent and well-spoken as well. And he offers this prideful, arrogant prayer up to God as if God is going to be pleased with that incense and aroma. So the question, how does God want us to pray so that he will listen to us? The first way I would want to answer that is just, God just wants us to pray. And so the last thing I would want to do is look at what we're talking about tonight. And then for you all to go back and and say, well, am I praying in that way? And if I'm not praying in that way... Should I stop praying? Do I need to relearn how to pray? Do I? And then you're, you're stopped in your tracks. You're not, you're, you're not simply just going into the presence of God. You're thinking about it too much. So that's my caveat before we discuss this. There's three things mentioned in the catechism. For how does God want us to pray so that he will listen to us? First, pray from the heart. Um, From the heart. To God. Alone. So the first point is that our prayers are to be sincere. And they're, be, they're to be directed to the only God who exists and hears prayers. No other than the one true God has revealed himself in his word, asking for everything he has commanded us to ask for. From the heart, to God alone, based on his word. Second, we must acknowledge our need and misery hiding nothing, humble ourselves in his majestic presence. We must acknowledge that we're sinners. Humility. And third, we must rest on this unshakable foundation that we're heard. Because of Christ. Psalm 145 talks about this disposition in prayer. The Lord is righteous in all his ways, loving toward all he's made. The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth, right? From the heart, to God alone, according to his word. He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. Do we know that the Lord is near to us? 
to all who call on him? Do we know that he fulfills the desires of those who fear him? One of the most interesting things about prayer is we can often get caught in this trap of thinking that prayer is a, uh, a slot machine. Prayer is a lucky rabbit's foot. And that we are experiencing these needs, these wants that we have. And if we go to God, he's like our magic little genie. And we ask him for what he wants, he will give it to us. And what I find about scriptures like this in the Old Testament, Psalm 145, that says... The Lord is near to all who call on Him, to all who call on Him in truth. He fulfills the desires of those who fear Him. Um, that people with sinful, selfish hearts look at that and we, they say, Oh, I like that. The Lord gives everything to the people who ask for it. Whatever you need, He'll give to you if you ask, if you ask Him in faith. And that's the kind of stuff that fuels the fires of the prosperity gospel. But when Psalm 145 says the Lord fulfills all the desires of those who fear him, really what the psalmist is saying is the desire of those who fear him aligns with the desire of the Lord. That's what I think one of the best things about prayer that we can do, that we can learn to do, is if we are called to pray from the heart to God from his word, they go into the Word of God and find the promises that God has given to us as people that all find their yes and their amen in God and pray those promises to God. God will keep His promises. God, you said, please, be with me. As you've said in your word, keep your promise. I know you will. Second, we must acknowledge our need and misery, hiding nothing and humble, humble ourselves in his majestic presence. Um, it's often been said that prayer is an expression of our helplessness. Prayer can only be seen as the privilege it is. Prayer can only be seen as a great expression of God's grace. Prayer can only be an expression of gratitude when we realize that we are sinners. That we don't deserve to have presence. Have access to the presence of God Almighty. In fact, that's what the third point says. Third, we must rest on this unshakable foundation even though we do not deserve it. We don't deserve it. That's what grace is. God will surely listen to our prayer because of Christ our Lord. That is what he promised us in his word. This is the reason why our theme tonight is we are comforted by knowing that God hears our prayers because of Christ. So many of us, I believe, experience prayer and ask the question, why am I talking to a wall? Are my prayers just bouncing off the ceiling? 
Are they even getting to anyone? Is anybody even hearing this? I need you to hear what I'm saying because uh, doubt is not the opposite of faith. And it's a very human and real thing to admit that sometimes when we pray, we feel like nobody's listening. And my encouragement to you is if you're praying and you feel like that, don't stop praying. And hear these words. Whatever it is that you may be praying for, you may have been praying for something for decades. I need you to hear that the unshakable foundation of prayer is the faith that we have, is believing that God does hear our prayers because of Christ our Lord. And that we can know that is true because that is what God has revealed to us in his word. And Jesus Christ himself said that God will hear our prayers and answer them for his sake. Ask anything in my name. And this is the reason why we say, we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. It's not some magical formula. It's not some incantation. It is a prayer given in the promise of the word that God hears our prayer because of Christ Jesus, our Lord. Our final point tonight. The content. What did God command us to pray for? Everything. Spiritual and physical. Everything we need spiritually and physically as embraced in the prayer Christ our Lord himself taught us. And so often when we look at the Lord prayer, Lord's Prayer, we think of it as a form, something that we re- recite often in, uh, in church, um, a recitation, we recite it, that um, it, 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 can, it, it can tend to, to come away from Christ's intentional teaching of it. Oh, this is the prayer that we should pray all the time. This is the only prayer that we should pray because this is the prayer that Jesus taught us. That's not the way to think of the Lord's Prayer. What we need to think of the Lord's Prayer is that it's a model. It's a model. It's a model that puts before us the content of prayer. And the way that the Catechism teaches us that is that it's an everything model about both spiritual and physical needs. And that is what, um, what we're going to look at as we look at the petitions in the prayer, the Lord's Prayer, the last few Lord's Days that we have in the Heidelberg Catechism. The model prayer of the Lord's Prayer tells us 
that we are called to go to our Father about everything that we stand in need of, depending not in ourselves, but upon His grace to give us what we stand in need of, not only for our spiritual lives, but also for our physical, earthly lives. And that's what the Lord's Prayer says. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we've forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The content of prayer is shown to us in the Lord's Prayer. To be everything we need spiritually and physically as embraced in the prayer Christ our Lord himself taught us. When Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, do not be anxious about anything, we could say do not be anxious about anything that you need spiritually or physically. But in everything that you need spiritually and physically, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. My prayer tonight is that you would know the privilege of prayer is that you have been given access to the life-giving presence of God Almighty. And that you know that God hears your prayers because of Christ Jesus our Lord. And that that belief, that faith, would give you an encouragement to go to the Lord in prayer, to offer up to Him whatever you may need, whatever you stand in need of, spiritually and physically, to offer up to Him what He's promised He will give you in His Word, and to see Him work in your life. Amen. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank You. We thank You for the privilege of prayer. We pray, Lord, that we would not overcomplicate prayer. That we would see it as nothing more involved than to lie in the sunshine of your grace, to expose our distress of body and soul to the healing rays of your Son. To give Jesus with his wonder-working power, access to our distress night and day. To know that you, our Heavenly Father, hear our prayers and answer them because of Christ Jesus, our Lord. May we be comforted by this. May we be encouraged by this to go to that sweet hour of prayer. May we see our need of you. May we and thankfulness, express our love to you by depending upon you all the more as the days go on. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.